Um, injuries for today, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, foot will not practice. Christian McCaffrey, calf won't practice. Debo Samuel, ankle won't practice. Elijah Mitchell, groin won't practice. Um, Charles Omenihu, oblique will be limited. Ambry Thomas, ankle limited. Go ahead. Uh, what is uh, Charles's status with the team after the arrest on Monday? Uh, he said he's going to practice. Like, what is he going to be available for the game? If yeah, if we're letting the legal process take care of itself. So if if he's healthy, he'll play this week. If indeed what, what's been alleged is you have reason to believe that's accurate, does it give you any pause to play him after he was um, well, we've looked into for the last 24 hours or 48 hours, not necessarily myself, but other people. We feel very good letting the legal process take care of itself and um, don't feel we shouldn't kick them off our team at this time. Is the injury to Debo something new? Are you concerned about that at all? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been there for a little bit, and um, uh, I think it'll be all right, but it concerned us enough to not let him go today. Jimmy Garoppolo have an X-ray yesterday. You indicated Monday you thought that was happening. Uh, yes, and I don't expect to have him this week. All those people that you mentioned are key people. Do you expect them to all be available for the game? Um, yeah, I expect them to, but there's no guarantees. Um, you know, especially when it being the NFC Championship game, I think there's a better chance they'll be ready since there's nothing guaranteed after this. So, hopefully, keep our fingers crossed. Calling and, and play design. How much is your your method of teaching those things so that they're executed properly changed over the years, or has it changed much? Uh, yeah, it, all, it changes based off of how people play them. Um, so you got to look at what the techniques are that week, how D line play, how linebackers play, coverages, um, how people are coached, how schemes change. So plays are just plays. It's how you tie them together, how you hide them, how you do things off of them, and it's how you coach them. Video in terms of we want it to look this way. Um, well, yeah, you start on paper so they know how it looks on paper, but um, then you got to show them video because there's guys in front of those routes that are drawn on paper and things. So you got to um, show versus all different types of looks and stuff. And some guys learn better on paper, some do it visually off film, and uh, we always do both. We, we see Fred Warner leading the team in huddles, out of huddles, many times a day, and I'm sure he does it other times. How comforting is it for you to know? Like he's got some of that taken care of. I imagine most of that's energy, right? And, and do you ever tell Fred, hey, maybe can you say a little this at, at any time? Do you ever? Um, yeah, I do sometimes. I mean, I usually do at halftime when we're, all, we're doing a bunch of stuff and a um, bunch of adjustments, things like that. And I usually have Fred talk to the guys right before we go out. But um, Fred's always going to talk because um, he's a true leader. Um, and Fred should be the guy who talks because of how he carries himself every day. I mean, everyone knows how good of a player he is. But... When it comes to what he does day in and day out since he's been here, his attention to detail at practice and meetings and in games, um, he's ahead of everybody. And so um, he earns that by his play and by how he carries himself. Just that about how a team has not won after playing you or in the regular season speaks to, seem to speak to your team's physicality. Are the Eagles a team that can, I don't know, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and match that physicality? Um, I mean, Dallas did that last week. I mean, when teams come ready to play, um, we just I just feel like we seem to do it every single week. Um, but this is the playoffs, and it's very rare that you don't get a team that um, gives all they have at this time of year. So um, I feel we're used to doing that week in, week out. But um, this time of year, that's what you expect from everyone. Yeah, the 
the matchup with uh, Sal Reddick early in his career when he was in Arizona. How has he changed as a player? How has he? Um, I, I just think you know, he's playing a real good scheme for him. You know, he gets, I think he gets a lot more opportunities. Um, and I just think pass rushers, the, the more they play in this league and stay healthy and hang around, the better they get. I mean, it's, it's hard to rush the quarterback in this league, um, and he's gotten better each year. Um, he's playing at the top of his game right now, and he's always been a good player. We love him coming out of college, um, but you can tell he just gets better and better each year. Brock got a taste of work in Silent County in Seattle. How, how did he do in that scenario, and how can you kind of simulate and help him with that this week? I mean, we'll, we'll do the same thing we did that week. I mean, that was huge just because that was our first game really all year that it was that important. And it was, Brock hadn't had experience with it. And um, so it was great to have that, especially with us going to Philly. I remember us talking about that that week that we needed that. Um, we needed that rep in case we ended up in the NFC Championship at Philly. And we got that. And I'm very fortunate that we did. And I feel we're good to go. He knows what to expect. He knows how we do it. And um, we'll give him reps at it all week. But... He got it ready on just a Wednesday when he played Thursday, so it won't be an issue this week. Just crank up the crank yeah, up just crank up, crank it up. Has the play calling gotten better with him since he's he's come in? I mean, is that more fluid uh, since December? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. I think he's been pretty fluid um, from the beginning, but I mean, it gets easier and easier each week. Um, you know, Brock has. There's lots of times that the headset will cut off and. Um, there's a number of times we don't have to use a timeout and stuff because he's got a lot of those plays memorized anyways. Um, I think he gets better at anticipating the calls that I'm going to do. So once he starts to hear a formation, I mean, I always finish it, but he's already walking to the huddle, kind of finishing what I'm saying. So um, he was good from the beginning, and he's only getting better at it. We've talked about Eric Armstead a lot, but I'm curious what your impressions of him were as an offensive coordinator in the league before you got here and how your, your view of him changed while coaching him during your time here? I only, I, I remember going against the Niners defense um, the most in 16 when we were in Atlanta and their season was kind of over. Um, and I didn't get to notice those guys much, him and Armstead and Buck, because just the way they were playing that the whole game, they were in a, they were, they weren't penetrating, they were in frog stances and playing real sound run defense and stuff, and we weren't really attacking them that way. So um, I remember not being sure on the overall of the defense playing against them in Atlanta. And then when I got to kind of hunker down and we looked into the job and stuff, being able to watch him, um, Buck, Jimmy Ward, um, just to see some of the, um, the pillars that they already had, and we're hoping that we could get something and help them. When you guys uh, beat them in week two last, last year, Jalen Hurts looked a little bit raw still at that time. What did you see? What have you seen about him that has improved and that team in general that's different from when you guys beat him in week two last year? He's just gotten more consistent. I mean, you can see in that game the ability that he has and what he was close to doing a number of times. I mean, he made some big throws in that game, and um, we contained him fairly well, but I think we are up 17-3, to like with five minutes to go, and then he started getting going again, and they brought it right into one-score game. So you could see the ability that he had real early on, and um, I know towards the end of that year, he started getting on a roll, and that's when they – did they make the playoffs last year? Yeah, yeah that's why they ended up making it, because um, how good he got after that. But we could see signs of it in that game, and um, now just watching him this year, hearing about it, you know, he's um, borderline NFL MVP, and then turning the film on these last two days, he's – just like how he was with potential, and now he's doing it down and down out. Is there anything specific that Brock saw on Sunday from the Dallas defense that can prep him for what he'll see on Sunday from the Eagles defense? Um, I mean, I think Dallas's defense was the first defense in a while for us that um, was 
really good in all their areas, um, just at the D-line, um, in the middle of linebacker and the secondary and the way they played. So uh, that was a true playoff defense and it put a lot of pressure on our guys. And I thought it was a great test for him because uh, I don't think he played much different than he had in all the other games. I mean, stuff was tighter, um, things were harder, uh, but he still protected the ball very well and made a few um, big plays and some key moments. You know, that third and two slant to Iuk, the third and three, I think, to Christian in a tight area. Um, you know, the the slant to Kittle um, on a first down, that was a big one. Uh, so, I mean, that was a game where every single play felt like it was the most important play in the game and it could go either way. And um, he played like he always has. Pretty remarkable to think back to training camp when he's only getting about five snaps in team drills or five passes in team drills. And I mean, how did he maximize those opportunities to show you something? Um, it is. I mean, that showed, I think, he was pretty good in, in those times. You know, we weren't, when you get a quarterback where we did and you already have two guys, I mean, in an ideal world, you're hoping to keep that guy on the practice squad. Um, but he was looking so good in his reps in practice that eventually we let him go in the game and then he looked that way in the game. So um, we thought it'd be way too much of a risk to lose him. So that's why we ended up having to make the decision we, we did, which isn't always fun for overall roster, but I'm sure glad that we did it. And he looked that way right away. And so he has a natural ability to play the position. And that's why he's fun to coach because when he does make mistakes and do things, it's he can see it, he can know why we can see it and you, we can all understand it, which um, gives him a chance to get better. He had a shot at Dak, and he didn't didn't really take it because he was afraid of making the penalty. And that's a sort of a dilemma you'll face a lot coming up on Sunday. How do you sort of navigate that you know, with Jalen when he's running? Oh, I mean, that's we talk about that every week, week in and week out. That one was, I think, it wasn't that he was just scared to get the penalty. It was that where he was, he thought he was going to throw it, so he was getting ready to put his hands up to tip it. And then all of a sudden, I think he shocked him that he that he didn't do it. And then he was in an awkward position. So that's stuff that you talk about all the time. Um, it's a huge challenge for these guys. I mean, we're expecting this quarterback to run it. Um, we're expecting him to lower his shoulder. So we always got to come out and treat him like a running back until he gives himself up, which is sliding or being in that pocket. And when he does, um, our guys are good enough athletes to have to deal with it. Um, yeah, he's a good slider. Uh, D'Amico's obviously been heavily sought after. How would you describe his strengths as a coordinator? Um, I mean, I think it starts as a man. I mean, he's the ideal leader, whether and whatever he does. He was that way when he came in to Houston as a rookie linebacker. I mean, he took over that defense right away. You could tell who was in charge when he was a 21-year-old. Um, he came in here as a quality control and within like six months we moved to a linebacker coach and he's just he's always been that guy and um and then just watching him over these two years um what he took in his in his years learning um, to get there how much better he he runs the system and then, then he adjusts every week he sees how to play an offense he pays attention to offense and defense um thought he was ready last year to be a head coach and um i hope his wife doesn't get mad but i hope he's not a head coach next year um <laughs> But, but if he is, he more than deserves it. With all the motion that you do, kind of forcing defenses to react to what you guys are doing, how much does that prevent the defense then from giving a disguise coverage? And then you know, having a rookie quarterback, how much does that benefit him if that's all the case there? Uh, I mean, that's up to them. You know, it's, it's sometimes that 
you can keep your disguises and sometimes it makes it more challenging. So that's just what other people decide to do. Um, if they want to decide to do that and maybe that can make it harder for them or harder for us, but maybe it can make them late to some things we want to hit pretty quick. So there's give and take to everything. And um, that's why you try to see everything as not like a, a problem. You know, if someone's causing a problem on something it usually opens up a good thing on, in another area and you just, you got to balance out your game plan so you can do that. I'm going to cheat and ask two questions. First, Everyone's doing that, especially you. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk said that you have a sort of a different development pattern for rookies. Make sure they get a lot of reps, make sure they get a lot of, of attention as opposed to where he started his career. Is that an intentional thing on your part um, that you came up with? And the second question is, this is your third time in the last four years at this level. Obviously, you were in the Super Bowl with Atlanta. There's some frustrations, obviously, from those those previous ones. How do you not let those frustrations get to you at a moment like this? Um, I don't read all your articles. Um, I just treat it as a football game. Um, and when you lose big games, those are hard, real hard, however they happen. And you got to deal with that forever. Um, but I feel like that's what kind of hardens you to it and makes you get back to the reality of what it really is. It's the reality of it is it's a it's a really good football game that I loved watching growing up. It's probably my favorite thing to do in the world, and I feel very blessed that I get to be somewhat a part of it. And um, you prepare so hard during the week, and you don't think about that other stuff. When we're playing the game, the players are playing the game, we're coaching the game, and you go off exactly what you think based off your preparation and what you've worked at to try to learn, and you don't ever look back. Um, the only time that I ever have regrets in games is when I feel I've made decisions that I didn't want to make, or you don't feel like that, that was the right decision you went for another reason. Um, it's been a long time since I've done something like that. And um, when you do that, you're excited for these moments, win or lose. A lot of people don't like the pressure of it, players, um, people in general, because you put yourself out there and it's really tough if you don't come up um, victorious. But like I've always said and heard growing up, there's only one team that's happy at the end of the year. And the other 31 teams aren't. And you always keep going and try to be that team. And you do that till you're done playing or until you're done coaching. Rookie, rookie development is more just player development. I mean, this isn't college. Like, you can't, you don't just get redshirt years. And guys who think they do get that are usually out of the league in two to three years. Um, so it's more that I don't necessarily think it's just rookies. I, I guess our whole building does that. But I put pressure on a lot of people because. The guys that think they have time, just the more experience you have, you realize they don't have time. It might be the next play, which everyone says. But I mean, think of Brock Purdy would have thought he had this whole year. Um, would have ruined our whole team season. I try to tell that to running backs all the time, to wide receivers. It's, I mean, we played with like four to five backs, you know, I think six years in a row. So um, the practice squad guys are pretty damn important too. Um, the guys who think they're just doing practice squad and you have a couple of injuries and the only way you can get to the playoffs or go to the playoff games is if you have good guys on practice squad or good rookies ready to step up. So there's not just guys usually sitting out, of, out there wait, waiting to know your scheme and replace people. All right, guys. All right thanks, guys.